This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to another episode of FFS, another Brexit podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Amanda. This was not a good week, really, for all concerned about British politics. It was the week that Boris Johnson fulfilled his lifelong ambition and became our Prime Minister. So we're here to try and help you through these genuinely quite difficult and depressing times. Yes. Joining us this week is Tara O'Reilly, a Labour activist and staffer who has written broadly about the state of British politics. From mental health to sexism faced by women in Parliament, Tara is not afraid to speak out against the injustices within the system. And as you can imagine, she was less than impressed by Boris Johnson's election as Prime Minister. But before we speak to Tara, there's a lot more to catch up on. So so what a week. If you thought Boris Johnson becoming Prime Minister was the worst thing that could possibly happen, you would quickly have been proved wrong with his cabinet reshuffle, the absolute purge of the previous cabinet. One of the most vicious and wholesale reshuffles in modern politics certainly raised some eyebrows. Yeah, to say the least. I am certainly consoling myself because yeah. Theresa May, I think, has a good shout for being one of the worst, if not the worst, prime minister this country has ever had, I think. I think pushing David Cameron for worst prime minister tag. Um, but now we've got a clown as prime minister who has pretty Patel at the Home Office yeah. <laughs> and Dominic Raab as foreign secretary. I'm just going to say that again. <laughs> Pretty Patel. Pretty Patel as Home Office and Dominic Raab as our Foreign Secretary. It is hard and obviously it's a podcast that people can't see. But Pretty we are both, Patel. We are both smiling because it is just so hard to get your head around the fact that people like that now have influence. Dominic Raab. <laughs> Jason is not impressed. Well, one piece of good news, I genuinely think, is that Chris Grayling has finally, finally gone. Which is amazing. Which is, and I think we should see this as like a good day for our country in general. And after kind of somehow surviving like seven years in cabinet, the incomprehensibly incompetent Brexiter has finally had his hands moved away from the levers of power. Yeah. It's, it's it's great. Every cloud has its silver lining. I am going to miss being able to blame lots of stuff on Chris Grayling, though. I think we still can. Yeah. I still no, we to. should. Yeah, we should. <laughs> but also, pretty Patel. <laughs> but the good people of FFS did not stand by. We did not stand by idly as Mr. Johnson arrived in Downing Street. No, we didn't. Volunteers from FFS and the rest of the People's Vote campaign bravely battled both the heat and various law enforcement bodies in order to make our voices heard. 
Yes, and some pretty good helicopter shots on Sky and BBC captured our huge Sky banner, delivering the message straight into the houses of millions. Yep, and outside the Queen Elizabeth Centre, we had the pleasure of being led in pro-PV chants by Anna Subri as Rachel and Joe Johnson looked on approvingly. Oh, Joe Johnson. Throw back to the days when he was on our stage backing a people's vote with Gary Lineker. Do you remember when we liked Joe Johnson? Yeah, not anymore. Anyway, so let us not forget that there is a world outside Brexit. Is there? Uh, yes. You keep saying this to me and I feel like you're lying. <laughs> oh, I seem to have lost you. There is, I know it encompasses all of our lives, but no, there yeah. is a world outside. No, there is. There is. It's a world that's getting hotter and I don't like heat, Amanda. It makes me sweaty. Oh, that is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, temperatures on Thursday saw to 38 degrees, making it the second hottest day on record. It's fair to say that a prime minister who's already got quite a busy in tray, the climate crisis is certainly going to be one of the most pressing issues for them to handle. Yeah. And while the rest of the world is... Working on it as one of the most pressing issues of our time. What are we doing? We're wasting millions of pounds of public money on no deal. Preparing for no deal. Warning the country about no deal rather than tackling climate change. Wouldn't it just be great if there was a multinational body that had the power and wealth to make a difference on climate change? I can't think of an international collaboration that could make a real difference. I wonder. I wonder if there is one. Shame. Shame about that. So yesterday, FFS joined the rest of the People's Vote campaign at a big rally at Birmingham. We're in the Great Hall at the university showing our support for a People's Vote. It was genuinely an excellent event. I was very happy to be there. And other speakers who were there were football commentator Clive Tildesley, Labour MP Jess Phillips, and the star of last week's podcast, Lord Michael Hesseltine. Interesting fact. This isn't going to be interesting. I play a lot of football. Whenever I score a goal, I think of either... Martin Tyler or Clive Tilsley commentating about my goal, saying how great it was. You're right, that wasn't interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, fair. Izzy Daly, one of our very own, was on the stage at the Great Hall in Birmingham. And as ever, she smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. And if you want to get involved in any of our upcoming events or big rallies, or of course, a huge march in October, head to our website or the People's Vote UK website to see what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And also... This is a final week of our crowdfunder. So we are raising money to get to 100 universities and colleges over September and October to speak to students and young people and get them all fired up about pushing for a people's vote and fighting against no deal. So please do give us some cash money because that helps us do good things. Doesn't it, Amanda? It does. It does indeed. It's going to be a very busy couple of months. But any donation is very much appreciated. And if you can't donate, just please, please, please share the link from our social media. Yeah. But better to donate, right? I mean, yeah, but, you know, okay, that's what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So now we welcome Tara O'Reilly. Tara is the coordinator of the Labour Tribune Group in Parliament, won the 2019 Trailblazer Award for the Young Women's Trust, is smiling as I say that, which I quite like, and sits on the Board of Trustees for the Human Rights Group, Peace Brigade International UK. So welcome, Tara. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So our first question is the question that we always ask every guest. Uh, Who is your FFS Award? So the individual or group of people on the Brexit front who have done something ridiculous? Um, I think I'm kind of biased because I also kind of adore her, but, um, and most of my Labour friends hate me for saying that, but I think Priti Patel for saying that people are only allowed to come here if they speak English after Brexit. Like, what the hell is that all about? Um, I missed that. Did she say that? Pretty much. Yeah. She she wrote in the Daily Mail. Did you not see? She wrote in the Daily Mail a big article about how like, uh, if people wanted to, I can't remember the exact how it all works but something like if people want to come here they have to have like a job offer but then like two paragraphs later she was like we're going to have an Australian based point system and the whole point of that is you don't have to have a job yeah. offer yeah. to come here so <laughs> personally I think that's quite a good answer because I spent the weekend on Twitter mm, raging yeah. about Pretty Patel complete <laughs> shambles well yeah thank you great answer yeah fair enough um, anyway so yeah no pretty good answer to that one uh, so many of your articles have focused on the difficulties that you or your friends kind of have faced Based as working class women in Parliament, uh, and we at FFS are obviously quite interested in class and gender, as well as how like marginalised communities interact in politics, and obviously for us, kind of particularly within the Brexit debate. And do you think underrepresentation is a particular challenge in the entire Brexit discourse? A hundred percent. I'm. I mean, like I come from a working class background, and I voted, voted Remain, and so did the rest of my family, and so did the rest of my mates. And mm. I grew up in inner city London, where you know, we grew up in tower blocks and we were next to like, you know, the richest areas in London in Westminster and Kensington. And for us, it was normal to be working class and a Londoner. But I feel like the Brexit discourse has always been, you know, the only working class that I've spoken about are, or the only people who are considered to be working class are ones in like small towns and yeah. ones that aren't outside big cities. And actually I feel like, you know, there are working class people in cities who, you know, voted remain and want to remain and aren't leavers and yeah I feel like there's a really diverse group of people who are just completely missing from the debate and like I still want to remain but when I you know listen to Brexit debates and I hear you know really posh people on TV talking about why we need to remain like I know it it frustrates me because I'm like oh my god you don't get it like you don't like you don't understand you haven't made any effort to understand why you know, these communities did vote to leave. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't think the 
Brexit debate is very representative mm. of people well, you kind of in touched... terms of gender, class, race, all of it. It's just it's yeah. quite dull. Yeah. It's quite dull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No offense to you guys. <laughs> You're great. No, that's, that's why we set up. No, so we're that's with fair. you. That's fair. I mean, that you touched on one of the questions I was going to ask, which is the extent to which you think the People's Vote campaign is addressing that issue. Do you think? the PV campaign is helping to push underrepresented groups or has it still got a problem? I think it's doing more than most, I'd say, but I still feel like there are voices missing, like working class, BME people from, you know, cities and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's still a long way to go in terms of making the People's Vote campaign like representative. Mm. I always think that's quite an interesting one because I think, and you guys have seen this, hopefully, is that I can be quite critical of some of the like really senior figures in the campaign who like make those decisions. But then on the other side of that, I definitely see the problems they have when it comes to like getting those voices into like the media. And sometimes they'll kind of sit there and be like, you know, it's quite a hard thing to come back at when they're like, you know, we could put all these press releases out with just young people on it, but realistically, it's not going to get released into any press. Or we could put it out with Gary Lineker on it and suddenly we'll be on the front page. And you can kind of see why some of the senior management of the campaign, I think, really struggle with that. Because I do think their hearts are in the right place for most people. But yeah, I don't know, like I've gone back and forth on it like quite a lot recently. It's a wider issue with how the media works, though, mm. isn't it? It's just, you know, the media is always, uh, has always been you know, not representative of, you know, the average person. And that will always play into how, you know, the kind of voices you get from campaigns like the People's Vote, so. Yeah. The difficulty I have as well is, is it, you know, I always cringe whenever you see a Tony Blair type. Oh my God. God. Every time he comes out, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, it's no. just a collective cringe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I often I think the arguments he's make, are making is making us strong, but his brand is so toxic but the difficulty again for the leadership of the pv campaign is they have no control over tony blair if tony blair wants to go and do an interview on sky he'll go and do it regardless of whether yeah. we think it's a good idea or i not. mean we've got like a great press team but the idea that he needs them to get onto like yeah exactly. the today program is <laughs> almost a bit laughable isn't it but you know we're still the ones that'll yeah. get hammered for it yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, definitely that's what it is sometimes i suppose it is what it is i like yeah. uh great expression of today for me today <laughs> <laughs> um so you're kind of a wider analysis of the people's vote. So you've been not like very anti, I would say, but like quite <laughs> sceptical, I think quite reasonably. And I'm just quite interested in like where you've come from and what you maybe think over the last year of the campaign. I think the people's vote has come like an amazing way. Mm. Like, like it's come, it's come really far, um, you know, since the referendum have, is it two years, three years ago? Oh God, oh my yeah. God, it feels <laughs> like it was just yesterday, but also it feels like a million years ago. Um, like, I think it's done really, really, really great things, but. I'm also like quite skeptical um, of having a people's vote, less so than before. I'm on a slow, slow journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because I think a lot of people who support a people's vote or say they support a people's vote, whether that's in like the official campaign or MPs or, you know, activists from across the political spectrum, I feel like what they're really saying is I want to remain, but I just can't come out and say it. And so it feels quite disingenuous a lot of the time. Like I know when my mum listens to people talking about having a second referendum, like, she she voted remain she wants to bloody remain but you know she's very much like no we already voted like we just we just got to get on with it now um and then when she hears people saying oh you know we're gonna have another referendum etc 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 she she finds it really disingenuous because she's just like no actually that's not what you're saying what you're saying is you want to remain but you're just not actually saying it and mm. and and I think that and that's definitely how I feel and I think that's a lot that's 
how a lot of other people feel too that actually like a lot of people who say they want a people's vote actually want to remain but they're not making the case for it mm. and you know if there is a people's vote the case for leaving has been made every single day every single second for the last few years but the case for remaining hasn't really it's kind mm. of been lost um so that's my main skeptic skeptic so oh my if, God, I can't even say that word. <laughs> Skepticism. In fairness, it's a hard, it's a hard word. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I, say I it. I try and avoid saying that word as much as possible. Um, but if, so if the PV campaign came out and was all guns blazing, look, we are a Remain campaign. We want a referendum in order to remain. Would that make you more supportive of the campaign? 100%. Oh, interesting. 100%. Would yeah. it? So I think I'd be less likely to be involved. Because, really? Yeah, I think it's just like... Because having, I think, watched some of like my mates who are still in Cornwall and have been there since like before the referendum as well, I've seen them kind of go on like a bit of a journey. A lot of them went from like leave to, oh, okay, maybe actually this isn't going to give me more control over my life for you know, whatever reason they had for voting leave. And I think if I was working on like a campaign that was just out and out remain and had been since the referendum, a lot of them would very much go down the like, Amanda, you're just like a sore loser kind of thing like let's just chill and Mm -hmm. go to the beach and do something else but because I've kind of been plugging away at the more like actually you deserve a second vote because of x y and z a lot more of them are kind of like on that journey I actually think I'd be less likely to work for the campaign if it was like an out and out remain campaign that's interesting Mm. Richard's nodding as well (laughs) but doesn't have a microphone but I feel everyone deserves to know Richard's nodding too producing this is nodding furiously but but I think the the argument that you just made Tara that the case for remain as a result hasn't been made as strongly as it should have I think is a a fair one and it's it's how do you balance that right because on the one hand you have to make it democratically legitimate to have another vote which is what people's vote Mm -hmm. is trying to do right regardless of where you are on the spectrum you deserve a final say but on the flip side, that means that you're not spending as much time making the remain argument. And then, you know, yeah. there's tensions with that too. So it's a, it's a tricky one. I, I think I think I'm with you though. I think that you've got to legitimize a vote. Mm. And then once you've legitimized it, then you make the case. But I can understand definitely the argument that, you know, remain is not being pushed as strongly as it could be as a result. It's a, yeah. it's a tricky one. I think people can work. Like, I agree. I think you need to make the, the case for actually having a vote. But then... Uh, I think a lot of the people who kind of hide behind wanting a second referendum, whether they, you know, call it a people's vote or not, I think some of them need to, you know, stand up and be like, actually, I'm going to, you know, campaign for Remain and, mm. you know, say it with my chest and actually be like, you know, I'm going to start an actual campaign for Remain. Because at the moment, if, yeah, if a second referendum does happen, the case for Remain just has not been made whatsoever. Do you think we would win? I still don't think we'd win. Really? <laughs> I still you don't think, think we'd win. Is. Yeah. Because the case just hasn't been made. Well, okay. So then let's dive into that. If if a second referendum is going to be won, then obviously Labour are critical to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't have the same status quo type argument that was made back in 2016. Labour have to be the one saying things can be different mm-hmm. inside the EU. What's your take at the moment on where Labour is right now? The journey that has gone on, the extent to which it needs to continue to move. What's your... It's been a slow journey, um, so but I think we're in slow. a good, it's been very slow, but um, I think we're in a, I think we're in a good place now. Yeah. I, I think there's still a long way to go. And, Do you, you think know. we're in a good, because I guess my challenge back but would think, be the last week hasn't been great, right? From the taking on Boris to still the kind of uncertainty, John McDonald saying, well, maybe we'll look at uh, Boris bringing a Brexit deal back and then assess it. Yeah, it's... 
I think the discourse coming from Labour is often very confusing. Mm. Um, mm. It's, uh, and I say that as someone who works like <laughs> at the heart of it in Parliament. Yeah, the way I kind of you know handle left wing politics at the moment is just like step by step and bit by bit. And you know, yeah, we're slowly getting there. I realise that's not at all articulate, but um, <laughs> I think it's yeah, how a lot of people feel though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really put as much, I used to really invest like my energy and my emotions and, you know, my entire sense of self in, you know, the Labour Party. And I still, obviously, I'm really tribal with the Labour Party, but yeah, I kind of just take it day by day now with where we are with policy and Brexit and that kind of thing, because everything is just so, so like messy in Parliament mm. at the moment. Mm. And, and, you know, not just with Brexit, with like the sexual harassment and bullying and all these kinds of things, just the way Westminster works yeah. is just um, insane. Mm. So, yeah. Do you, To what extent do you think that kind of slowly, slowly approach, I think it's fair to say it's, it's damaged mm-hmm. Labour to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, don't, don't hop like, did you see the results of the local elections in the Euros? Not a certain well, extent. Yeah, like, I'm, tr- I'm, trying <laughs> to be, I'm trying to be measured. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, like, we also have to be realistic. Yeah, that was some yeah. of their worst election results no, ever no, right. in the European elections. No, you're right. Okay. Like, okay. I mean, it's properly fucked you up. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't say you, not Clara. <laughs> Jason, what? what are you doing? I don't know. I don't know where the middle line is here. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the challenge is if you keep taking that kind of softly, softly approach, then there's the danger that, you know, you'll, you'll suffer even more to the Lib Dems who are very clear on the Brexit line, you know, working class Leave voters who you know, look at Boris and think he's acceptable. Just for the record, I'm like nodding aggressively <laughs> to all of this. <laughs> Um, but but to the extent that you agree then, so what, what, what would you, if you, if you were in the leader's office Mm. now, what would you say? Come out for a main man, like, and you know, yeah, campaign for it hard. Mm. None of this wishy-washy kind of, oh yeah, you know, we'll support second referendum at some point and who knows what will happen if we're actually in government and all this kind of stuff. Like it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. Mm. And you know, as like the official opposition, I, I think we're doing a disservice to like democracy and the people who voted, you know, for mm. Labour and who will continue to vote for Labour if we're not actually standing up and saying, you know, actually Brexit is bloody awful and we don't want it to happen. And, yeah. you know, we can't just sit back and, and let it happen. Um, mm. But the likelihood of that happening is, you know, not as strong as I'd like it to be. So We should email this podcast to Seamus and Carrie. <laughs> Just like this clip. What do you think? I think that would go down quite badly. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest. But it's interesting though, because we were just, we were saying earlier, weren't we? Like the case for Remain hasn't been made properly since 2016. And, you know, people kind of have like different opinions and stuff on that. But realistically, and it's still, it's that line that Matthew Dancona wrote in The Guardian that I can literally never get out of my head, which is like, um, you don't hear Democrats talking about a migrant's first wall in America. And the fact that you had the Labour Party talking about a jobs first Brexit, which if you think about that now and actually reflect on that, that is literally just not something that exists. Mm. And they've got all this like horrific rhetoric around like stopping freedom of movement and like they're really playing into like the right wing kind of stuff around immigrants and stuff. Mm. And I just think if you say nobody's me making the case for the remain, for remain, I just honestly think that's a space that the Labour Party should have been filling since June 25th, 2016. And they should have been doing it like proudly saying it with their chests and like, 
Agreed. Yeah. I don't think people realise quite how bad it's going to hammer the Labour Party electorally yeah. Yeah. for years, yeah. like years and years. And you saw the Welsh poll yesterday. I mean, you know, that's not going very well for them, is it? No. Labour behind the Tories in Wales. Yeah. But so you, I think it was quite interesting that you said they should like come out for Remain in terms of like actually vocally start saying it, but they should also like campaign for Remain. Are you saying that because you don't think they did that in 2016? I know there's quite like a big... I think it was... Yeah, bit there half-hearted what we all did in you know I worked for the Labour Party um over Sadiq's election but then also for the little bit left in June and um before the referendum and we all kind of anyone in or around Westminster we completely took that referendum for for granted Mm. and um I don't think a lot of the people who you know half-heartedly campaigned for Remain would you know make the same mistake again but yeah I think we need to actually campaign for Remain. Mm. I think it always, it like really gets to me because, you know, if, if Jeremy Corbyn came out tomorrow and was like, cool, the full force of what I can do as a person, despite his slightly damaged reputation now, but like what he could get from Momentum and all the different trade unions and the staff, like the, you know, a Remain campaign or a stay and reform or whatever you want to call it would be as different to 2016 as it's almost possible for a campaign to be but I just have absolutely I'm still like working on all the Labour Party stuff but I still have absolutely no faith that that's ever going to happen and I don't think I'm alone in saying that are there any MPs who really impress you at the moment in terms of the case that they're making for Remain and I mean I work for 90 of them so I'm biased whatever I say yeah 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 exactly <laughs> do you want yeah. to reel their names up quick and give a yeah. shout out yeah. yeah how quickly can you say 90 names <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you had to pick one or two people yeah and annoy the other 88 or 89 oh, um, who'd you go for who's been impressing me um god it's hard um is it really cliche and really bad if I actually, like my boss, Clive Efford, has mm. said multiple times in the chamber, I think that might be a lie, but he said it at least once. Um, <laughs> I love that. I might be talking nonsense, but I'm going to keep going. I mean, he talks about it a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said it more than once about revoking and remaining. So he's like going hard on it, but it's, you know, lost in discourse. Um, so I respect that. Mm. I rate that. Not just because he's my boss. <laughs> yeah. Slightly because he's my boss, but, you know, not fully. Um, God, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't really think. But that um, says In terms of like right, Brexit discourse, you... I can't really think of anyone where I'm like, oh my God, yes, you're really yeah. leading the way. Like, I think different people are doing like different things and filling different voids. Like what Lisa Nandy does and says, I think she, I don't think she speaks for everyone, but I think she definitely, um, you know, when she talks about working class communities and towns and the same with Yvette Cooper, I think they do a really good job. Mm. But then, you know, there's loads more space to be filled, which mm. I think is still quite void. Yeah, because you need voices. both the, like, the Lisa Nandy and the David Lammy. Like, yes, and they work so well it. together. Even yeah, if they definitely. disagree, it's, you need argument and you need like healthy discussions. Yeah, but I just want to pick up on something because you said about Clive, like talking in the chamber about revoke. What's your thoughts on the idea of just revoking? Oh, I'm so here for it. Are you? I'm so here for it. Just revoking Remain. I'm actually slightly shocked there. I'm genuinely surprised. I'm so here for it. I couldn't be more anti-revoke. Unless we were going to like leave tomorrow with no deal. And, you know, again, it was the only way to like, there'd be no food for my mum and dad in Cornwall on Monday. But that's still like, likely like, that we're going to have no deal. Like, I'm not like I just don't think I could say but... I was pro-revoke. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I could. I don't think I could. I just think, like, we struggle with the 
anti-democratic argument with a mm. people's vote i think you go revoke and that's like you're going nuclear yeah. Yeah. so i quite rate you for saying that actually. i rate anyone who's just like i don't care stop this shit yeah. i quite rate it but I, I don't i don't think i could i could support it that's definitely fair enough so we've got just a couple of minutes left so if we were thinking beyond brexit which i know can be quite hard to do one in general but two if you work in politics oh, what is um, this question is there anything beyond brexit <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, but divisions like caused by Brexit are now kind of like so entrenched, it's actually hard to see how the country can come back together again. And I mean that both on like a one to one kind of people in their families level, but mm-hmm. also in terms of like our politics, because it has gone right to either end of the spectrum, really. And I'm kind of personally not too hopeful that Mr. Johnson will succeed in his task of uniting the country. Yeah, but <laughs> Great. <laughs> but if it was you, like what, what steps would you take apparently you'd start with revoke revoke it's yeah. an interesting first step <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god i sound like, i'm gonna unite the country the 52 percent of you you lot are wrong and mad let's go <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna re- come to regret saying that aren't i <laughs> i love um, it i'm here for it <laughs> um so steps to like reunite the country yeah to kind of bring people back and try and bring people more together than they were before 2015 2016 as well um it's hard because it's that thing where it's like it it drives me mad because actually we, you know, despite, you know, when working class people vote, the working class people who voted to leave and the working class people who voted to remain, like, you know, when I think about my friends and then I think about, you know, the people who someone like Lisa Nandy will speak about in small towns, like we're on complete opposite sides of this debate, but we have so much more in common. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's definitely. that thing, it's, it's, you know, it's that Joe Cox quote of, you know, we have more in common than which divides us. And it's so true. And I would really, really, really try to, um, I feel like political discourse at the moment and how the Westminster bubble operates is that we always focus on, you know, what's different. We always focus on the divisions. We always focus on, you know, what, you know, what we don't agree on, but actually more often than not, we agree on, you know, um, things yeah (laughs) do you know what I mean it's like our core values a lot of the time are the same yeah and um yeah I think you know the prime minister and politicians on the left and right really need to actually um remember that and remind people that you know I don't know um things aren't as bad as they seem do you know what I mean it's It's that you know people in Hackney and Hull you know the issues that you're facing they're actually pretty similar the, it's, yeah. like, it's housing it's healthcare it's good schools you know you care about the same stuff exactly yeah no that makes sense I'd I'd focus on that it's a bit mm. wishy-washy and a bit like unicorns and rainbows but um no I like yeah. it it's, like, it's hopeful at a time when politics feels depressing it's, yeah, you're yeah otherwise about... we will not get out of you know the mess we're in um yeah no, but, I like that. I like that. We're often too cynical on this podcast. It'd be I difficult think. though, wouldn't it? Like, I know I'm, I'm now taking on the cynical role this week, apparently, but like it would be mm. difficult to, you know, actually like practically start that in the population because, you know, like dad and I literally can't have a conversation about anything yeah. at the moment without it coming back to Brexit yeah. and the fact that we fundamentally disagree on what is essentially just a means to an end because we both think different ways will make our country and our lives and our family like better. Yeah. 
So even if we're talking about anything at all, it comes back to that. So, I mean, I think we all just need to, like, I agree with like the aim, but I think like the time scale, we need to be very realistic about like how long it is going to take for our country to even yeah. start to get back towards people amicably disagreeing. Basically, Politicians need to start with it though. They need yeah. to lead and they're not. Yeah. And that's the thing. Um, we need that leadership. Like the country will always follow what, you know, the standards that Westminster sets. And yeah. if, we continue to have this really divisive, aggressive, abusive way of handling politics and arguments, then, you know, the same thing is going to happen at dinner tables until, you know, politicians stop doing that. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Well, thank you very much, Tara, for coming onto the podcast. It's been, it's been great to have you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so sorry. We're so giggly. I think we should start like pre-warning people about what coming on this podcast actually means. But anyway, and thanks to all our listeners. Again, please, please do share our podcast. Talk about it very loudly in public places, on public transport. What does that (laughs) mean? (laughs) Just on the bus. Ah, the podcast, the FMS podcast. (laughs) Listen to it. I like it. Yeah, why not? And then obviously, once you've done that, give us a great rating on iTunes and all your other favourite podcast stores. Uh, Tune in next week for another week of FFS, another Brexit podcast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.